This is Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager, Canada's national source for the latest agronomic research, crop production, and technology trends. You've tuned in to hear conversations about relevant research, best production practices, and everything in between. Do you want even more valuable conversations in agriculture? Are you a woman in the industry looking to connect with others? Join us November 7th live in Hamilton for the Influential Women in Canadian Agriculture Summit. Network with other ag professionals, gain valuable mentorship, and view panels and sessions from our very own IWCA honorees. Register today at agwomen.ca. Our early bird registration rate only lasts until September 30th. You've got enough to worry about with tight budgets, unpredictable weather, and information overload. Wouldn't it be great to have a resource that provided clear and concise summaries of the latest crop nutrition research? A single location to lessen your time spent searching for answers. With one-of-a-kind tools, the latest research, and original content, economics is farming's go-to information resource. Find your answers at nutrient-economics.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Derek Cluche, and I'm the editor for Top Crop Manager West. Today in the podcast, we are chatting with Carmen Prang. Carmen is an agronomy extension specialist with the Saskatchewan Wheat Development Commission. And she's going to talk to us today about best practices when it comes to harvesting wheat in Western Canada. Welcome to the podcast, Carmen. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let's just get right into it because we are at that time of year where a lot of people are out there harvesting their wheat. So what are some of the optimal timing considerations when it comes to harvesting wheat that growers in Western Canada should be aware of? Yeah, so there are definitely some timing factors that we want to keep in mind for sure. I think as producers, we always kind of get the itch to get going around harvest time and we we want to get rushing into the field, but we always have to keep in mind a few things. Uh, so one of the first things that come to my mind when I think about timing is that if we're wanting the crop to kind of come off a little bit faster, we might be looking at things like a harvest aid product to bring that crop in. So a harvest aid product is a desiccant and basically it's a product like heat, which can help speed up the rate of dry down in crops and with green weedy material as well. So we're really gonna wanna watch the timing for these products. So yeah, we are gonna wanna apply these products for cereals at less than 30% moisture. Uh, So you can do the thumbnail test to be able to confirm this and which is basically taking a few kernels out in the field and digging your thumbnail right into the kernel And if the indent does not remain, the crop is not ready. But if your indent does remain, then the product application can go on and that'll help bring in the crop a little bit faster and make harvest happen a little bit sooner as well. That's a neat little trick. It is. Yeah. And for more information on that too, like check out the Keep It Clean website. They have like a whole guide on how to do it and some pictures and things like that too. Great. Yeah. And so often when we're talking about harvest aids as well, the topic of pre-harvest weed control also comes in. And so products like glyphosate which definitely is not a desiccant. It is different. It is a pre-harvest weed control product, but the timing is similar for that product as well. So if you're looking to kill actively growing weeds and just kind of dry those weeds down as well, you're going to want to do the same timing with that. So do the thumbnail test for applying that and just know that if you're going to use glyphosate as well, that you can't use that for seed in your next year. Perfect. Okay, so when it comes to harvesting equipment technology beyond your thumbnail, of course, uh, what would your recommendations be to increase efficiency when harvesting wheat in Western Canada? Yeah, so we have um, a lot of great equipment and technology that can help with our harvest efficiency, which maybe I'll touch on in a minute. I would say maybe the best 
advice that I can give for harvest efficiency, and this might kind of sound crazy to say, but is to start at seeding time. And you really want to set yourself up for the best success and the best crop at seeding. So that can start with something as simple as your seeding rate. So you want to select a seeding rate that is going to help you have even crop maturity and even uniform plant stand. So that's just going to help make harvest go a lot more smooth. So maybe you're selecting too high of a seeding rate that's going to cause lodging. You definitely don't want that. Or maybe you're selecting too low of a seeding rate and then your crop isn't as bountiful as you thought. Um, and so that's same with variety selection. Are you selecting a variety that is best for your area that has strong straw and standability? Maybe you need to try a different variety. And same with the fertility as well. So obviously, if you're applying too much, say nitrogen, you can see lodging in the crop. That's going to cause issues at harvest. So definitely just figure out the best nutrient management plan as well. But yeah, to maybe bring it back to things like equipment and technology that can maybe help increase harvest efficiency. I would say like even compared to 10 to 15 years ago, our equipment and our technology is way better. It's bigger, it's faster, it's helping us take the crop off a lot sooner. But maybe no matter even what equipment you're using, if you're using older equipment or newer, you're going to want to start out by making sure that your equipment is just clean and it's serviced, and that's going to help things go a lot more smooth and just an easy tip that you can do to be best prepared. And I'm no equipment expert by any means, so I won't comment on any you know combine settings or anything like that. But your equipment dealer, you can just call them up. They will have all the right crop settings for what you need for, you know, in terms of speed, how you can get the quality of the sample and the grain retention to be what you need. Perfect. And sorry, just a little follow-up question on the whole cleaning of the equipment. What, uh, what What's the frequency? How how often should farmers be clean? Is it is it simply a visual thing where you can look at your equipment and see that it needs to be cleaned? Or should this be done like on a daily, weekly basis? You know, I think it honestly depends on your personal farm and your personal preference. I know that like on our farm, there's certain things that you would just service every day. Um, maybe there's things that you would look at every couple of days. So it, it just depends. Right. Okay. So does Western Canada present any kind of unique challenges when it comes to harvesting? And if so, what can farmers do to mitigate those challenges? Yeah. So we live on the prairies. So every year is definitely unique in which challenges it presents. I think of just this year and our biggest challenge has been weather. I think I don't have to tell anybody that. So in Saskatchewan, it has been drought conditions. So I mean, that's not creating too big of a challenge at harvest for us, but we've seen drought all all year up until this point, And now it's been rainy conditions. So even outside today, it is rainy. And that's where we start to see more challenges kind of pop up. So it's been causing a few delays. And so that's when we can see chances for sprouting or regrowth of crops. And then we can also see uh, sooty molds start to form. So I know when I was out in the field this week, my allergies were driving me insane. And that is probably part of the sooty mold. So when you're walking through your crop, you'll see that some of the wheat heads will look black and just looks like there's mold growing on them. And, and that's because it's been rainy and then harvest has been delayed. Yeah. So things like this can definitely cause downgrading issues and quality issues. So in terms of managing it, there's not a lot of things that you can do for sprouting or regrowth or, or mold. But if you are going to use your seed for next year, you might just want to consider getting a seed test. Okay. That's interesting. The allergy thing, because I get the same thing. I'm allergic to pollen and yep. uh, the pollen levels have been low. And I'm like, why are my allergies bothering me? And then when you go on the Canada weather website, you can actually see that mold spores were quite high this year. Yep. And you can just like tell during harvest too, that the the dust from the combine is a lot thicker and it's a lot darker as well. So that could be part of the problem. 
Hmm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And Alberta, where I am, we've certainly seen a lot of drought as well. I was looking at the AFC website for drought conditions this year, and southern Alberta is pretty much just purple. It's like an extreme drought in this area, and that kind of stretches into southern Saskatchewan as well. Yeah, and even more than southern Saskatchewan too. I know that we have pockets everywhere, and um, the places that did get rain are doing okay, but it's definitely been not a great year. Right. So how does crop rotation factor into maintaining like good soil health, preventing disease, and ultimately seeing a good harvest this time of year? Yeah, so crop rotation is huge for all those things, like you just said, for increasing soil health, for fighting against pests, diseases, all that, which will ultimately lead to, you know, hopefully a more bountiful harvest. You could probably easily do a whole podcast on just the benefits of crop rotation, but um, maybe I can just touch on a few of them. So yeah, crop rotation can not only help improve yields, but it can help break some of those cycles of certain weeds and diseases and pests as well. And then as well, we're starting to see more issues where we are getting some of our chemical options a little bit more limited. And then often, you know, resistance is starting to become more and more of an issue as well. So we definitely have to look at how we can use all of the tools in our toolbox. And crop rotation is one of the easiest ones that we can use. So yeah, like adding in a pulse crop, for example, that could help fix more nitrogen to help with the soil. Different crops have different residues, so things like that to consider. And I think like we just talked about drought and one of the benefits of crop rotation that we might not think about as much is the different stubble heights that crops have. So when we're looking at a canola or wheat crop, that's going to be catching a lot more snow throughout the season than say a pulse residue. So there's always those kind of considerations as well. Perfect. So following harvest, like once that comes to an end, because a lot of uh, farmers are probably eyeballing that time of year right now, what should they be doing to help ensure that their fields are prepared for the next growing season so that they can produce the best yield possible? And I know sometimes it's a guessing game because you never know what the weather is going to be like next year. Hopefully it's not quite as hot and dry as this year, but what can they do to prepare themselves for next season? Yeah, definitely. So we definitely don't know what uh, next year is going to bring, but we can always try to set ourselves up for next year and make it the best crop possible. Um, And I'm actually glad that you asked this question because we just finished a joint document with Sask Wheat, Alberta Grains, Manitoba Crop Alliance, and Sask Barley. And it's a document on fall considerations. So it'll cover in depth all of these different topics. So I can just cover a bit of them here. But as an agronomist, I think the, the first thing that comes to my mind in the fall is nutrient management. And so soil sampling. So soil sampling can be done in the fall or in the spring. In the fall, it's always a good time to do it. It just gives you a little bit more time in the winter to be able to secure your fertilizer, come up with a really great nutrient management plan that hopefully has some four R's in there. And yeah, just give you time to change any plans if you need to do that. So yeah, when we're looking at soil sampling, you're just going to want to make sure that you're you're doing it when the soil is cooling off, ideally less than 10 degrees so that the microbial activity is starting to slow down. Um, and it will give you a better idea of what's going to be happening in the spring. So yeah, once you get your test results back too, you can start analyzing them and come up with a good plan. And actually, there is a new updated nutrient removal calculator that uh, Dr. Fran Wally and Richard Farrell at the U of S, they just came up with the updated version. And that was funded by some of the commissions. So it's a really great tool. And it's like super easy online. You can just type in like your yield and your crop type, and it'll come up with the nutrient removal rates like instantly. And so that's always a good tool to help you analyze your soil test results to make those decisions. So definitely recommend checking that out. And we actually even have a story about that in our next issue of Top Crop Manager. So perfect little, perfect perfect plug right there. Thanks. Yeah, I'm definitely (laughs) going to check that out. So it's definitely a cool project and something that I followed along with. So we'll definitely be good to read that. 
and yeah, for, I guess like other things that you can consider in the fall to set yourself up for success. And one that I always hear from farmers is residue management. So there's often always the questions about, should I harrow my fields? Should I do any tillage? Should I bale? Should I burn fields? It might not be so much of a concern this year with a lot of drought conditions and maybe a lighter crop, but there's always the questions about how you should manage it. And so we actually do have a document out on that as well. And it kind of covers the benefits of keeping some of that residue or removing it, you know, through baling or other methods like that. And knowing that you do have a lot of benefits and value on your keeping your straw. So each farm is different and you just have to weigh those pros and cons. So if, if anybody wants to find out, like read more about the, uh, the document that you and your team created, where can they find that? Uh, so it is on the Sasquatch uh, website and it's just under agronomic resources. Okay, perfect. Great. So is there any any final tips that you want to give our listeners right now and what they can be thinking of? This is going to be, this is our September podcast. So in the month of September, is there any kind of like maybe three keys that you think that growers should really be focusing on right now? Yeah, I think maybe the first one would be weed management. So that's always a big one in the fall too. If you are noticing any problem weeds at harvest is a great time to be able to pick some of that up. You can definitely see from the combine a little bit better um, what areas were issues this year. So you can think about your weed management, um, maybe getting in a good IPM approach. Maybe you want to incorporate something in the fall with a residual helped in spring, get some of those winter annuals and those perennial weeds. Maybe my second one would be consider checking out uh, some of the insect maps for, for next year. So there's things like grasshopper maps, SAS wheat and SAS crop insurance, along with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture is funding a new wheat stem sawfly map. So if you've noticed that that was an issue this year, check out the map. You can see where the hotspots are and maybe you need to select a variety next year for your area to help defend against that. And maybe maybe my third tip would be to get a seed test. So as you're noticing the, you know, the crop is going in the bin, you might be noticing some quality concerns or even as you're taking it to the elevator. So if you're thinking about using that seed for next year and even before you spend the, the money to clean that seed as well, get a seed test. It's relatively cheap. You can know what's going to be going on with your seed. And if there is any issues, you have time to pick a new variety, obtain new seed and come up with a good plan. That's great, Carmen. We really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. Yeah. And I guess maybe I'll throw in another additional little tip too. I know like in the fall and winter, it's when all the agronomy meetings are happening and all the winter meetings. So I think over the fall and the winter, it's a great chance to just brush up on some of your knowledge, check out some of the events that are happening, like maybe a shameless plug for Sasquatch, but we have, you know, events like grade school, think wheat um, and coffee shop talks too, that you can come and ask any questions that you have, learn what's going to be needed for next season and just continue to do stuff like that. Perfect. And they can find all that information online on your website. Yes, they can, and all of our social media as well. Thank you very much, Carmen. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to Inputs, the podcast by Top Crop Manager. To hear more great research and perspectives from industry experts, visit topcropmanager.com slash podcasts or catch up on past episodes wherever you listen to podcasts.